2: The Around the NFL Podcast. It's two Fantasia. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Yeah!
3: How are you? Exciting. Big day. Mark's back in the house. This is our first official full show for NFL now, apparently.
2: You can watch every Around the NFL episode in full you could watch our wardrobes watch our physical transformation as fame gets to us and we become hauled out monsters all that stuff now every every show three times a week on NFL now on Apple TV this is the start of something beautiful Mark Sessler and welcome back buddy
4: thank you I feel like I haven't seen you guys in been
2: a while. Two Fortnights.
3: It's only been a week. We (laughs) went to the Wilco show uh, a week ago. You look great in the pullover. Your hair is kind of doing something special today. You come back from a trip
4: like that, I don't have a single item of clean clothing. It's just a mass of smelly shirts. Mm -hmm. And so I just took the last thing I had and put this over it. Well, the whole push to get us on NFL Now was basically they were
3: like, look, your host Dan Hansis, 50% of the value he's bringing to the company is hair. So to not take advantage of that on video. Now, now it's, now all, it's there. all
2: there. I'm a physical <laughs> product to be consumed by our 11 billion dollar conglomerate. Uh this is the Around the NFL podcast. You know, we have a we have a loyal listenership. I don't want anybody listening to get scared that we'll be one of those Shows that starts doing video stuff and then forgets where we came from. We're going to do our best, Greg. And you are the boss. You're Look at you. You are not confident at all. You're going <laughs> to leave behind the idea of the podcast because you want to be famous.
3: That's all that matters. If they give us the money, we'll sell everybody out. That's true. It's not about the viewers.
2: That actually, you just made a really good point. Um, <laughs> and uh, Mark. How was your flight? Was everything good coming back? Well, no, you know You're not exactly and, well.
4: I uh, I think the worst shape I've ever been in on any show we've ever done was uh two Super Bowls ago. Yeah. Afterwards where I couldn't speak and I felt like a shell of a human being. I'm at 50% of that right now. Well, M-
3: Mark's got the afterglow <laughs> of having a nice one-on-one conversation with Mike Pettin. Just seeing the pictures from it, you could see the love sort of emanating out of Sessler
4: looking at the Browns. Well, it was
2: great to be out there. I mean, it was a great trip.
4: You asked about the flight. The trip was great. The flight, an epic disaster,
2: and, apocalyptic. And we'll also, I'm sure you'll give us an update. You have a doctor visit coming up first since <laughs> Wonderwall was atop the charts in the U.S. Yeah. I had to squeeze
4: this in in between that, though.
2: I can't so. wait. Can you bring your medical records a la JPP <laughs> that we could flash up? On I don't think I have any.
3: Screen? We do know how many fingers. You're off I the
2: have. grid. <laughs> All right. So, big show today. Big show today on NFL Now and on the the old podcast. We got a lot to get to. Um, you know, I, I got – obviously, my Twitter feed got blown up yesterday after Geno fa- Smith's face got blown up, uh, knocked out. So, we're going to talk a lot about that, what it means for the Jets, uh, what it means for – Ryan Fitzpatrick, Geno Smith, Todd Bowles. There's a lot of Dan Hansis. What does it mean for Dan Hansis? A lot of layers to that onion. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not thrilled, obviously, about any anything that came out of yesterday in Florin Park, which is really Mark. Uh, and I say that you have you just reported from an Indian burial ground. Florin Park isn't too different. Well, I think you noticed Talk that one of the someone.
4: people that didn't tweet you mm-hmm. was me, because I know the feeling of when the latest disaster strikes, and it's like let's just kick people while they're down. I'm not going to kick Dan when he's down. It was you're, not
2: a good day for Kansas. You're a good man. Uh, we're also going to Hard Knocks, uh, premiered on HBO, the 10th season of the show featuring the Houston Texans, a very promising season premiere uh, with Bill O'Brien behind the controls, a lot of J.J. Watt, which Mark will get to a little bit about that. Maybe that wasn't the best thing, but a very entertaining start to a new season. We'll talk about that a little bit. Also, we're going to bring back one of our favorite Favorite topics, one of our favorite segments. Uh, it's called "What's Your Fancy" in our language, but we like to mix it up. Uh, we call it Qualis tu Fantasia." <laughs> <laughs> so, a lot to get to. But before we do any of that, we check behind the glass. We, he is our producer. He's TD. Um, he's always a loyal man to us, and he's going to take us onward and upward on NFL Now, aren't you, buddy? I'm with Greg, though. You know, I'm. I will not say, say I'm a sellout, but,
5: you know, I'll go where the money is, baby. <laughs> great hey, great zero, attitude. Zero integrity. I was,
3: integrity. Kidding. I was a, kidding. A visionary. I exposed
2: you. Yeah,
5: oh, well. Back here with the Irishman and the Fisherman as usual. Fisherman, I love that.
2: <laughs> the, the, Sully behind the glass, one of uh, uh, TD's henchmen, I'll call him, uh, he wears a different fishing shirt every day now. It's almost like. He's a like a superhero, yeah. yeah. He just
5: open up his claws and it's just fishing <laughs> shirt.
2: <laughs> so maybe we could get a picture of that. Uh, we'll put up on the Around the League page. Hey, TD, let's do some news. All I know is, you mess with me, you got problems. That's all I know. That was, you would think that's J.J. Watt. That was actually I.K. (laughs) Inampale.
3: Dan's Uh, been working on that pronunciation all night.
2: Yes. I I mean, this is is the big stage here. Geno Smith is the New York Jets quarterback. He was supposed to be uh, the starter for the Jets, and this was a big redemption season for him, potentially. Greg, which I now realize over on the Throne of Ease, this was all a massive jinx by the boss, uh, talked up uh, Geno Smith as a making the leap candidate. Well, he might make the leap, but it's going to take some while before he gets on the field, before he eats solid foods. Geno Smith knocked out by a teammate, a, a bottom-of-the-roster linebacker named, I'll say it again, I.K. Pale. Is that right? Nailed Nicely it. done. Close enough.
4: Jairus Jairus Byard.
2: Who punched Geno Smith in the face. Sucker punched him, according to Jets coach Todd Bowles, over... Um, a debt that was unpaid by Gino of $600, Albert Breer and many other people reported, tying back to a, a flight and travel expenses that uh, IK in Mpale promised, or Gino Smith promised him that he would go to his uh, his charity camp. Gino backed out because of a family emergency, said he would pay back the linebacker, didn't on time, so IK punched him, cut immediately, the linebacker. I.K. in Impale. You're really going out of your way to say <laughs> that. Immediately released. Geno Smith, broken jaw in two places, needs surgery out six to ten weeks. Your first reaction, Greg Rosenthal?
3: Well, my first reaction was Jets fans are going to be thinking, this only happens to the Jets. And in this case, they're right. I mean, of course this, I'm thinking that.
2: It's true. This is
3: the most insane story that we've heard. It's just almost unprecedented. There's a, there's a case of it. A similar case happening to the Dallas Cowboys about 40 years ago. But here's a guy who broke his jaw and is going to miss in t- six to ten weeks. And my immediate thought was more just this feeling of negativity around the Jets this preseason. That they haven't even played one game yet, and Sheldon Richardson's suspension is going to go longer than expected. They've lost D. Milner for a while. They've lost Devin Smith. And now they've lost their starting quarterback.
2: It's, you know, I... Greg, you, you always say I'm being dramatic when I said nobody really understands what it's like to be a Jets fan, because it is different than, say, being a Bengals fan or being a Browns fan, because there is that level of humiliation that courses through the organization on, on a very, like, whether it's the butt fumble or something like this, and that's that was my first takeaway as a Jets fan, is I don't think Geno Smith is necessarily that much better or better at all than... Uh, but, even better at all over Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I think they're kind of the same basic skill level. So I don't think the team necessarily gets worse, but I do think from a distraction angle and, and the media attention on the team, it's bad for the team. And it's just embarrassing. It sucks to be a Jets fan because this stuff happens every couple of years. You think you're in the clear and you could be a regular team and you become, you're become you in the clown car again.
5: I think the Jets are fine. Hmm. I really do. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's a better quarterback than Geno Smith. He might not have the upside. But I think early season – I mean, when's the last time Ryan Fitzpatrick had an offense this loaded with weapons? Devin Smith, I'm, I'm convinced, was not headed for an early season huge role. I think he, his role might have increased over the season, but I, I – I think they're fine. I don't think, outside of the Sheldon Richardson thing, and they protected themselves by drafting Leonard Williams, I still think this is an 8-8, 9-7 team.
2: Here, by the way, speaking of uh, the big controversy and the jawbreaker, here's what Todd Bowles had to say about the incident. He addressed the team right before practice and then after as well. I'll let them tell you something very childish that sixth graders could have talked about, and it had no reason happening. And, you know, if they want to tell you what happened, they can tell you what happened. But, I told him I wouldn't say anything about it, so I'll keep it there. And then, of course, one of the by the way, the New York media loves this. <laughs> well, this that's that's
3: why it's it does matter. Even if Geno Smith and Ryan Fitzpatrick are the same guy, it's still a lot to navigate for a team, and it, it's definitely matters. Before.
2: Right. I'm just now I'm looking at Greg's laptop. A New York Post headline: Smug, smug Geno Smith goaded his sucker puncher. Colon witnesses. I mean, they they love this stuff. This is and by the way, Connor Orr, a seer on the latest or, or are you kidding me, mentioned what happened to the old school controversies. Uh we have to deal with the <laughs> flake gates up. This is the good stuff. The starting quarterback gets knocked out. you saying Connor conjured this up? I, I'm not ruling it out. By the way, and one of these reporters asked Todd Bowles a good question. Question was Yes, I.K. In impale, bottom of the roster guy. What if it was a starter? Would you have cut him?
5: If IK I was a starter, would he have been released?
2: Yes.
4: I don't know. For me, I mean... wish you weren't a liar. Well, <laughs> I agree with Wes. I don't think the team necessarily quarterback-wise uh, went down a black hole with this injury. But if you're Geno Smith, you're the, that's the loser here. Because when a coaching staff inherits a quarterback, they often want to change the quarterback to start with, and especially when it's Geno Smith. And when you take a Geno Smith for what he was on the field and you throw this into it, I mean... Chan Gailey is tied to Ryan Fitzpatrick in the past. No one in this organization
2: is tied to Geno Smith. How much rope does he have at this point? I mean, he doesn't have any real rope at all. And you think Geno Smith, this is why like Eli Manning compared to Geno Smith is a joke because... He might not have been responsible for this, but he played a part in the relationship crumbling. And you have things going back last year, sleeping through the meeting, uh, getting into it with fans.
3: I think you got to be careful, though. It sounds like there's any – it's ridiculous, I think, for any of us to blame anyone when we don't know anything about this. I do listen I don't, to how I – thought
2: I, I thought I made myself clear. I'm not saying that – he was responsible for getting punched in the face, but the, the fact that there was an issue between them, it sounds like he maybe – it could have been done, handled better on his And
4: part. Bowles came out pretty strong to call it ridiculous, basically. I mean, he could have come out and been even more shielded with what happened. He, he threw
3: Where him to the
5: floor. It- Where did bulls go to elementary school when people had six hundred dollars in limousines? (laughs) It was a private school. Well, six
3: hundred (laughs) dollars is like a dollar for a kindergarten kid. I mean, everyone's saying, "Well, six hundred dollars is more to more to that linebacker. He made five hundred thousand dollars last year. Like, it's not like he's some poor guy. So he's a crazy person. He could be arrested. He just for that six hundred dollars, he might have thrown away millions of dollars. His entire career, right? Who knows if he's gonna get a job again? He. Just caught co- Geno Smith could sue him if he wanted. He's not going to do that. But he could cost Geno Smith millions of dollars. You say they don't have anything invest in Geno Smith, that's fine. Ryan Fitzpatrick was getting no reps with the first team. Geno Smith, whether it was right or wrong, was their guy. They saw, saw more upside in, Fitzpat- in Geno Smith than they ever saw in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, but now from this missed- point forward. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. But it, for a month, that's a big month, this preseason and training camp period in a brand new offense for Geno Smith, and he's not going to get that back.
2: And to what we were talking about earlier, whether – Was this Geno Smith's fault in some way? It's clear you read between the lines after practice when uh, Nick Mangold spoke, when Darrell Rivas spoke, when Todd Bowles spoke, that no one is viewing Geno Smith as a choir boy in all this. Here's what Darrell Rivas had to say about the drama. I hold both of them responsible. Uh, Just how
5: it it all played out at at the end when uh, you gather all the information. Um, But at the same time... um, we got to move forward. There's just, uh, you know, nothing to really, uh, you know, harp on it no more. The, the coach, Coach Bowles, did the best he could of, of uh, trying to handle the situation, and, and now as a team, we, we just got to move forward.
4: I mean, you're Darrell Revis, and yeah, you made a, mo- a ton of money to come back to the Jets, and it's the new Jets, and everything's fine. I'm not saying that it isn't a different team, but at what point is he got to be thinking? What did I do? <laughs> well, right back in I the fire. he's, happy. Well, he's, he's like, TD. Happy. it's all about the money. I don't yeah. think
3: he's worried about that. But but one thing they didn't show another clip. He said this would have never happened with a great organization like the New England Patriots. Lies. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that's, I, that's what cool. he's thinking. Though. I just made that. By the way, I'm watching that clip. If you watch on NFL Now, you'll see this isn't the old Darrell Revis. That hairline has gone back quite a bit over the years. You know what I'm saying? Oh, now, but, now he's not I,
2: effective because he's not on your team anymore. Well, he started going. By the way, it's a shot at Wes, number one.
3: I'm not saying it's yeah, a bad thing. Two, I'm just saying. It's not the old Darrell Revis. The t- Number two, he was going
2: – I took shots at him when he left for the Bucks for his receding hairline in <laughs> a really bitter uh, lover's lament. So this has been happening for a while. Who cares about that? Now, will Gino get his job back? Now, that's the other question. Todd Bowles said – he said if they're, if we're 4 or 5 or 6 and 7 and 0, oh, which they won't be, no, he's not getting his job back. But, Wes, I ask you, do you think – you're not a big Ryan Fitzpatrick fan, but you're not a big Gino Smith fan either. When Gino gets healthy, let's say week four or so – is he their quarterback?
5: This is the old Bill Parcell saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. And this is the way it goes when you don't have a quarterback. Whoever's hot stays hot. The hot hand gets the job. The way Todd, Todd Bulls phrased it, if the ship is going the right way, you don't make a move. Sure. That's just common sense. That's how you do it in football. So if Fitzpatrick, and I think he's never had surrounding talent this good in his career. You've got Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, Jeremy Curley, Jason Morrow, and a couple of decent running backs. How about when he was a rookie coming out there
3: in his first game, seventh-round pick from uh, Harvard, and he's got Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce next uh, outside
5: of him. A very age, aging and declining yeah, that's Torrey fair. Holt and Isaac I think you look around
4: the league at a couple teams, the Jets, the Browns, the Bills, you're going to see two or three quarterbacks play. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bryce Petty play Week 16 and 17 if the thing falls apart. I mean, unless Ryan Fitzpatrick and Chan Gilly can recapture that brief magic they had in Buffalo, that was not a long run. They had a hot streak for a bit. That's the only way it stays on
2: the field. Let me ask you a question, Mark. Jets-Browns Week 1 at the Meadowlands. Mm-hmm. Are you uh, happier that Ryan Fitzpatrick's in the mix?
4: No, I, I think this is a tougher game for Cleveland because Gailey and Fitzpatrick have worked well together for a long time. And Geno Smith, I understand he's a making-the-leap candidate. He's the first one we got absolutely wrong. That one – why? Whoa. He, well, because it's not – not, not making the I leap mean, Because he's not playing. Not that you're wrong about it. He will be playing, it. first of all. He's not England making Bolden the leap missed now. A couple it's of weeks for the broken
3: the leap. Jaw. It wouldn't shock me if Geno Smith is starting week one in this timetable. The timetable Things
4: change. Part of playing quarterback right. is just – it's the whole thing. He's missing all, it's all the It's the whole reps. thing. And he's not the whole not thing right now. making the leap now? I would hey, rather play Geno Smith because he he's going to throw two middle... terrible passes that give the defense a chance to turn the by the way, Ryan the
3: Fitzpatrick is a guy that Chan Gailey didn't want to play. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the guy that people are making him out to be. They're saying, oh, he's this trusty veteran. He knows the system. At least you know what you're going to get. Has anyone watched Ryan Fitzpatrick play? He is... He is the guy that comes off the bench. It has an insane amount of confidence. It doesn't matter what the defense does. He's going (laughs) to go for it. He is the destitute. (laughs) And what's Geno
4: Smith?
0: He's a very similar type of player. What's Geno Smith?
3: He's going to throw
4: three turnovers a game. I I mean, come on. He's going to kill you just as much as Fitzpatrick. I I think he's a
3: similar player to Fitzpatrick in that he's very streaky and that he goes for it but there's a lot more talent there and a chance for him to really grow. They don't have a quarterback. But then they have Indianapolis, Philadelphia, and Miami at Miami. That's not an easy start to the season. I think Fitzpatrick, he could look great for two weeks, and then he could throw five interceptions two straight weeks. Well, he will.
5: We know who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Here's a little quiz. How many quarterbacks since the 1970 merger have started games for at least five teams and don't have a winning record for any of them? Two. One, One, Ryan Fitzpatrick. We know who he is. He's Two, a really be good Geno backup too. and a terrible starter. He's he's a six and ten guy. That's who he is.
2: I have a quick message for all the Jets fans right now. <laughs> we will rally around Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> and we will play good football. Hey, for way, a month.
3: I have a message for Mark Sessler. Gino Smith is going to still make the leap. He's going to come back from this. He'll be the comeback mean, player of the year. He can mean still this play Gino well. Smith? Go, Go pedal somewhere this Instagram else. Instagram
2: image no, <laughs> right after he got his jaw busted. This guy's a goober, Greg, you and know, I've always known it. it come on, Greg.
3: he's tough. He puts up an Instagram picture he's with a mean jaw. Greg, let's it's put a
4: sandwich that. on that. He's not making the uh, leap. I'm in. He's making no leap. Wait, how do you put a sandwich yeah, on whether someone makes the leap? We'll all decide. <laughs> oh, that's
3: fair.
2: <laughs> By the way, Mark's got those fired up eyes at you right now. No, careful.
4: I just I think he's it's like enough, enough with the Geno Smith hype train at this point. He's put him in the put him in the casket for the next month. Whoa! <laughs> well, he says he's a non-factor. Let's call Carster, him what he is a non-factor. and a locker derailed. room disaster. It is
3: funny Manish Meta, the New York diet. Uh, Daily News columnist, which we all like, wrote uh, an entire big column about how Geno Smith's attitude this year was much more mature. He's not letting everyone's negativity get to him. He's being a leader. <laughs> literally the next day he got punched in the jaw for being a jerk, apparently. And then literally that, that night, Manish wrote a po- uh, column, he may never play for the Jets again. That was a, that's <laughs> that's a, how it goes a, in New York. New York. That's New <laughs>
4: York.
2: The Geno coaster has derailed. All right, moving on. I mean, there'll we'll be plenty more, Gino, to talk about in the future. But for now, we've got to talk about other news. And, you know, we haven't touched the story a lot because it's been a lot of, you know, hedging back and forth, a lot of politics behind the scene. But Los Angeles, a city that hasn't had a NFL team since 1994 when the Rams and Raiders both left town. Our home. Our home, we do reside here, so it's been a, a market without a the second biggest media market in the country has not had an NFL team. That really, cr- increasingly, looks like that's about to end soon. Uh, and the Raiders seem like a real opportunity, a real chance they're going to end up here. Executive Vice President of NFL Ventures and Business Operations Eric Rubman uh, made a statement uh, regarding the, <laughs> regarding the city's city of Oakland's proposal or lack thereof to keep the Raiders at the league meeting meetings in Chicago on Tuesday. Here's his quote. The fact that, the facts on the ground are that there's been no viable proposal to the Raiders as of yet. There's no proposal for the Raiders to consider added Grubman. If a proposal is made at any stage and it's not actionable, it's really not something the club could act upon. The skids are being greased. Chris Wesling.
5: Well, let me give you the reader's digest of this whole situation. Uh, You've got Carmen Policy, the former 49ers and Browns president, leading the faction for the Chargers and Raiders for a stadium to be built in Carson. And they would hope to have that ready by 2019. On the other hand, you've got Stan Kroenke of the Rams, who has the Inglewood project that they want to turn into a whole entertainment complex. Someday have the Grammys there, the Pro Bowl. Maybe us. The draft, the combine. No, seriously, we might be down there. That they want to put shoveling ground by December for that, and you have these two separate factions. Only one of these stadiums will be built. So between one of it basically it's the Rams versus the Chargers and the Raiders, and then you've got um, Steve Tisch, co-owner of the Giants. This is how far along it's getting. He said yesterday he believes there's more than a fifty-fifty chance a team will be playing next season in L.A. and that would happen in the Coliseum. So it's it's coming along pretty quickly.
2: And one interesting note on uh, the Rich Eisen show, on Wednesday, uh, Sam Farmer from the L.A. Times uh, was on the show. He said that one thing that's making this even more complicated and tricky is that Stan Kroenke, the Rams owner, is the guy that seems – uh, the most determined to leave town and go to L.A., but it's the city of St. Louis yes. above all these other cities that's fighting the hardest to keep their team. So it doesn't quite sync up the way maybe the league, and of course, uh, Kroenke uh, would like it to.
5: I think the league thinks Cronky has the best plan, like you said, but they also, the owners believe that Dean Spanos, the Chargers owner, deserves the, a new stadium more than anyone else because he has exhausted all avenues for years to try this. So Cron- to- there are kind of warring factions there.
3: Cronky and we get asked about this on the radio, if you ever do San Diego, radio, it's always being talked about down here. Cronky has the ultimate trump card. He's got the money and he's got the <laughs> land and he can just do it. And he's already done it. He didn't ask for permission from the NFL to go buy all this land. He just did it. And that's if you look at NFL history, that's how things get done. You don't wait for the city to come up. Al with Davis the right never permission. You don't wait for, you know, San Diego's been trying to do this for a long time. You, they asked Mark Davis about it in Oakland. and they, is, is Oakland even a viable solution? He said, I don't know. So I think the cities of San Diego and Oakland, it doesn't matter that St. Louis is doing the best job of the cities because the owner, Kroenke, has got the cash and he wants to do it. And he's got teams in, you know, the Premier League. He can do whatever he wants. Well, one, I think he's going to just make put all his chips in the middle of the table and he's going to force it on the NFL.
4: You know, they talk at times about two teams potentially and it was Tim Brown at the Hall of Fame. He warned against this. He said, you know, everyone wants its money. Everyone wants football back in LA but he remembered his opening game in 88 when he returned the kickoff into the end zone starts the game, starts his career that way and he looked up at the Coliseum <laughs> and there's nobody there. <laughs> He Everyone's said this is a stadium traffic. that holds a hundred thousand people and there's thirty five thousand people here because they're all at the beach. If I don't you're think
5: not, you have to worry about that now. This is, that was
4: pre- LA still has that DNA though. If you aren't a winning team, they're not it's a Lakers town. How many are they gonna the fill so hundred thousand? That
5: was pre fantasy football. The NFL is has been multiplied tenfold, a hundredfold since then. Playing in a I'm crappy just saying old, two teams, though. Yes,
2: but playing in a crappy old facility. If you have a state-of-the-art, and that's why they they've been. I think the NFL's been so precious about this. They know if they do it right, it will be successful and it'll be a massive money maker uh, for the league. But they got to get it right.
3: Two teams is crazy to me. Because I think that's I all I'm saying. All Two is teams too much. have a natural fan base, but there's only so many Rams fans around. They have to be in their 40s and 50s to be Rams fans from last time. Same thing goes for Raiders. They're at a rank. Chargers is the most logical move. And I think, like you said, I think the NFL would like that to work out in an easy way because they're already a Southern California team. It's not that big a difference, but I don't think it's going to happen.
2: Um, By the way, you mentioned Trump. I am. Um, it's out there now. I talked about who mentioned Trump. Who mentioned Trump? You said Trump. I dropped that you fired. And as <laughs> sure you guys know, you knows, mentioned Trump. You're a big no, Trump guy. He said Trump, and then I, re- I think I, I said the word Trump
3: like that. trumps yes. something else.
2: <laughs> I just want to say that I have told you guys privately and have told others that I'm I'm trying to bring back duh winning to how's that going to the, to the lexicon. It's not working out, but now I realize what I really got to bring back is you fired. You're a big Trump guy. We know this from hanging out with you. I'm not a I'm not a Trump guy, and I don't condone his presidency uh, attempt here. But politics podcast, (laughs) politics podcast coming after the theology show. Um, (laughs) But honestly, yeah, you guys at some point behind the glass. Whenever maybe I'll just drop a you fired and you get in real tight on me. Another NFL (laughs) now exclusive. TD shaking his head. Why
3: tell the execs Trump's great for ratings. You know
2: he is. He moves the needle. So I'm bringing back you fired. That's uh, fine. Winning, Go for it. Not working. <laughs> wow. That's your campaign. You just gave up that's on my, one of your biggest campaigns. I'm stumping for you fired. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Tuesday night. or Yeah. What day is it? Yes, yeah, today? That's right. Today it's, where are we? It's, you're right. Today <laughs> is I'll Wednesday. Tuesday night on the HBO. Home of the Rams. Uh, on HBO, the 10th season of Hard Knocks kicked off starring the Houston Texans. And... Uh, uh, you know, around the NFL, yours truly. The old Zeuser, wrote a recap on episode one, and I know that uh, three of us have watched it. Wes, you will get on the train. I
5: don't need to watch it because your recap, I mean, eat your heart out, Alan Sepinwall. <laughs> Dan Hans's <laughs> recap of Hard Knocks is the best recap of any television show on wow. the internet.
2: That is very nice.
5: That was the best watch. pop culture
3: you. reference. In Wes's around
5: the NFL podcast history, that
2: was it was both <laughs> contemporary and a little bit of a deep dive. And I prefer everybody knows classic what, references. And,
5: I don't think that I get extra points for contemporary, so you know.
2: So I, I hike millennials. You know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Wes. I guess I'll get it started. I'll just say, for me, um, and and maybe I'll throw it to Mark because I know Mark, you had a takeaway on this. There were three big stars in this episode, and I think uh, Coach Bill O'Brien was one. Uh, the, Greg, you'll get into uh, your love of a certain feud and practice. That was a big storyline. But J.J. Watt, who it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone, had a big part in this premiere, and he seems like a guy that's going to be focused on throughout the episode. And you might have a problem with this, Mark.
4: No, well, no. Let me start by saying I think J.J. Watt is, we just talked about Geno Smith. You want a centerpiece for your team. JJ Watt is that. And on the field and off the field, he is that 100%. What my issue was a little bit cuz I knew I knew watching this Hard Knocks episode. You not. they didn't get to the quarterbacks till minute 37. And in the 20 of the first 37 minutes were JJ Watt, which I get, that's what they're going to do, but it was almost like that's exactly what I'm expecting them to do mm. and that's exactly what they did. There was a point where there was like a 6 minute like, J.J. Watt's working out after practice. Oh, look at He's working out <laughs> by himself. And it was just filler. Well, it, it oh, just no, I, I love J.J. Really J. Watt. It's you. Like, but you. But don't take it the wrong way. I love J.J. J. Watt the player. You're fired. What I don't like is the way they put it. it together. And that show is just endless Watt stuff. There's a lot of other storylines. Dig a little deeper, and I'm sure they will. Here's, I,
5: oh, go ahead, Wes. I, I look at this the other way. I didn't see the show, but in your recap, the thing that stood out the most to me is J.J. Watt, his uniqueness, that when it's dark out, he's out working out alone. He's got a half-ton tire that he started out lifting one time and now lifts it 65 times. The difference between him, this is why he's going to be the greatest defensive player in history. Lawrence Taylor in his free time had cocaine and hookers. (laughs) (laughs) Gino Marchetti, people of the 50s will say, Gino Marchetti, was the best defensive player of the 50s and 60s. And if he had been able to work out year-round, if it was an $11 billion industry, when he played, he'd be J.J. Watt. But the, the reason why Watt is going to be the best ever is because he does this year-round. I'm
4: coming at this from a, from a watching-the-show angle, not whether I agree with all that. J.J. Watt is that player. There was a period of the show where I was bored. I get it. I get well, that let he me, does this.
2: Let me just, for people that haven't seen it, because I know I get a lot of tweets like, our U.K. Uh, audience doesn't have access to the show. Immediately. They actually, after a practice segment, then it was JJ under the lights by himself at the Houston practice field. They showed him going to town on a tackling sled. They showed him using a jugs machine. And then he signed autographs, did an interview with Willie of NFL Network, signed more autographs, and then shows at about 10 p.m. him walking off the field. The cynic in me, and I will, this is where I kind of maybe agree with Mark, or maybe you had a similar feeling, was is JJ uh, Watt for real, or is he, you know, kind of full of. <laughs> Uh,
5: game tape suggests he might, not, but, but we're not talking about it. I mean, yeah.
2: in terms of in terms of whether or not uh, th- he would really be doing this if the cameras were there. But ultimately, it doesn't I, matter. I knew just that would work ethic. Is
3: I got a text from a friend last night. He said, who's the bigger phony, J.J. Watt or Russell Wilson? And I think
2: <laughs> and I was
3: watching that and I already felt it. I actually said something to my wife who watched the show with me. I was like, everyone is going to say he was just doing it for the cameras that he's out there doing. But then I'm thinking about it and. And do we really want to hold it against him? Do we not think that he was doing stuff like that by himself late at night when the cameras weren't there? I bet Wait, he was doing that. Was that was my I point
5: with the game tape. The game the tape thing. suggests that in his free time, he's doing nothing but working out. Uh, my point, can because I, I think I can see this getting
0: swiveled around.
4: It's like, I don't think he's phony at all. I think all that's is real, and I think if HBO was 2,000 miles away, he'd still be doing it. My point was, it was boring television. Mm. La-
2: last um, last point of Watt before we go to Greg's takeaway. Last scene of the episode, he's throwing corn. Oh yeah, backyard. yeah, oh,
5: yeah. terrible form.
2: Not a spinner.
5: Do you think? Oh, then we I could, could take a, him I down West? I could beat him twenty-one to nothing. That's what I, I actually spinner. crossed my
2: mind. Wes is so famously good at cornhole that I I thought JJ Watt might be the best pound for pound athlete in professional sports, and Wes would literally wipe him. But he went lefty him.
3: backhand. It was bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Oh, your, that's, your takeaway that's terrible.
2: Well, I thought
3: the sequence between Deandre Hopkins. In D'Angelo Hall was one of the top 10 moments in Hard Knocks history. I jumped up out of my chair. (laughs) It was devastating. When D'Angelo Hall retires, I will think about the sequence of him being on the sideline, not even playing, chirping at DeAndre Hopkins just because he wants to be on Hard Knocks or just because he's... An idiot. and he stuck his finger in Hopkins' chest. I think it's the both of them. Because he's big hat, no cattle. He was doing nothing. And he, he starts talking trash to DeAndre Hopkins, and they go back and forth. Wait, what while. does Hopkins
2: say? It's important. He repeats the same thing. Uh, Hopkins, by the way, to me, a very interesting, compelling yes. figure in this first episode. Yeah. Kind of hard to get, get a hold of what he's all about, but he keeps repeating, I fear God, boy. I fear God, boy. <laughs> I fear God, boy. I don't even know what it meant. Well, I meant. Think- I think he was saying he fears not D'Angelo Hall or not no D'Angelo man. Not D'Angelo Hall. Only I think. the big man upstairs, yeah. but it was
3: hilarious. It was amazing. Smash cut to DeAndre Hopkins lining up across from D'Angelo Hall. And the music starts swelling like it's the <laughs> end of the Around the NFL podcast. And they're ready. And he makes a move that. Injures D'Angelo Hall. He hurts his knee. He hurts his ankle.
2: Right? He hurt his knee and strained his groin. And
3: he strained his groin. Yeah. He basically broke his ankle. D'Angelo Hall crumples to the ground. That was it, and that was it. It was so, over. First round knockout. That's a devastating. Well, then
4: DeAndre moment. did say something
3: after his that. His
2: comment though. then was DeAndre just says again in a very laconic manner. He's just like. I just finished it. I didn't start nothing. <laughs>
3: oh, I mean, it was, <laughs> I love it. With a little attitude. Did D'Angelo too, Hall show up to work today? I, to me, that's one of the most embarrassing moments yeah. that any NFL player has ever had to experience, That's hearing someone chatter like that and then just get injured and, and
5: taking his manhood away. So it's amazing. he almost literally broke the other guy's ankle. With it was devastating. It really was a wow.
2: devastating move. Um, and I guess what stuck out to me was Bill O'Brien. And if you are a religious watcher of Hard Knocks, You know, Mike Smith last year played a major role in it being maybe one of the lesser seasons. He was such a low-key figure. You didn't really buy into any of it. He was kind of a low-talker, not somebody that excites you. Bill O'Brien is clearly a Belichick disciple in in how psychologically he deals with his players, kind of his attitude, and his love. And I I always love a man uh, who is good with an F-bomb or a woman. You know how to drop an <laughs> F-bomb with the right amount of verb. He does. And this guy, he's going to challenge Rex Ryan for the most F-bombs in Hard Knocks history, oh, more, and he knows how to say it, and he knows how to deliver <laughs> it in just a devastating way. So to see O'Brien, who's a, a passionate, excitable guy, usually, and I wrote in the review that, on hard knocks, there's usually a, an assistant coach that kind of steals the thunder of the head coach. I don't think it's going to happen this time. Well, Romeo Cornell was almost. Th- asleep, I was going to say the e- but the
4: f bomb thing there was at the end of the show. Romeo, Romeo Cornell
2: dropped here. some f bombs and he. Was, I, I
4: don't think he dropped an f bomb the entire time. He looked time. like was he had to Browns take a coach. nap
2: though. He was exhausted by the time. <laughs> He's he an
4: old man, speech. but he, he had a little fire. But
2: Over. Billy O'B, I'm uh, uh, I'm very excited about him this He time. is such a um, asshole. I mean that's who <laughs> Bill O'Brien true. is. He's from <laughs> yeah.
3: Boston and he's just great. You're great. He just has a way. That's it. T-
2: I was trying to put my finger on it. That's I went to school is. in Boston and I know a lot of guys that I like and I like their kind of abrasive attitude. That's who he is. That is that's exactly- I like how they
4: opened the show where he said not a single person respects this team talking to his assistants and I think that's a good he's war cry. Really for them. going all in
5: on this nobody respects our quarterback yeah. thing and he thinks he they're was- good. He's going to Find out that he they're not giving the
3: speech to his coaches. I thought that was weird. And I I liked it to be honest. Every, I mean, he's getting them ready for camp. You every know? year, my wife has the same question. She says, "Why do they have to make so many speeches?" And I always <laughs> think, like, is it really necessary to make so many speeches? It's the the culture. season is seven weeks away, and it's all speeches every day. I don't know. So there,
2: and if you haven't seen the show and you have the ability to see it. Um, try to watch Hard Knocks. It really is the best sports documentary program out there and the greatest inside look at the NFL you'll ever get in an era where access is shrinking. Hard Knocks literally gives you everything. The only thing it didn't give me, by the way, one last point, Aaron Foster, I was hoping that was going to be, we're going to get a good look at what happened. You don't see the injury. He disappears from cameras. uh, So you didn't get a lot of that. But other than that, I give it a nice, that's an a premiere. I'd agree. It was good. All right. Moving on. Gentlemen. There is a game that we like to play. Uh, it's, a, it's, an, it's a game where, and if you're new uh, viewers or listeners to the show, it might be a little, it's a little high concept, so just follow along. We each present two scenarios, and then we ask each other, what's your fancy? If you had to choose between one of them, what would it be? And, you know, what's your fancy? You know, it's not. Necessarily the greatest title for a game, but if you flip it around and you stick <laughs> stick what's your fancy in the Google Translator function, you get some nice ones. And the, our favorite one, and Greg, I'll let you drop in. A lot of pressure on you. Uh, what comes up?
3: Quales tu fantasia? <laughs> I'm no, I'm no <laughs> hand. <handless.
2: laughs> Quales tu fantasia? Ooh, look at this.
3: This is fancy. We got a we got a graphic that says it's beautiful thing. So. Each we're of an us International go, show a lot of we get like forty percent of our listeners. That's national right. somehow.
2: So let's go around the horn and each uh, <laughs> throw out one or two of these. Get uh, me in the mood. And I'll, I'll start it with Mark Sessler. He's going to the doctor tomorrow, so we don't know if we're going to see him again. We don't know what's going to happen. So might as well get these out because really, this is really in your wheelhouse. I also wrote
4: this in the middle of feeling extremely ill. That so could make it even better. I'm awesome. not sure about that. Yeah. All right. So two scenarios. The first one. Okay, You are transported back to the Middle Ages where you sit on the throne of ease in a kingdom named Panthalox Nine. For ten years, you exist in ultimate luxury. You are infinitely wealthy. All, foo- all food and drink is yours. You have a fan base. <laughs> like Wes. Life is beautiful until the final day when angry race of invaders burn into the kingdom and behead you in mere seconds, hoisting your bloody head on a pole and traveling with it as a reminder of their dominance for years to come. So, things very good, then they get bad.
2: Or... Wait, let me just... Panelox 9, food and drinks, life is great, then a revolt, and you're murdered. Exactly. Option two. Keep keep the music coming.
4: Yeah, what happened to the music? (laughs) There we go. You become the host of NFL Game Day Morning for the next ten years (laughs) and author seven devastating football books that change the country before you are taken down by an assassin's bullet in the streets of Montpelier, Vermont, in 2025.
2: I knew they would skew violent with Mark.
3: Well, it's yeah. just there's both. Why are we in Montpelier? Like a bed and breakfast? or We don't know. It's like a Johnny Cake?
2: Because I hate bed and breakfast. It's so awkward. You're not at a B&B. I love you're B&B. At B&B. When you're sick you're at a B&B. Months. You're not at a and b A game day morning host for 10 years. <laughs> I mean, you're an icon. If As you, always, you, what happens to Rich Eisen? Well, he's... Is he on Panelox 9? It's not a, it's this, not a concern. This,
4: yeah, we don't worry about that. 10 I've years...
2: Author of many high high octane books that changed that the culture,
4: I mean,
5: assassinated they're... in New England. Right. Okay. I've got an answer. <laughs> Wes. Well, you want the second option, obviously. The first option. I mean, for ever since Ulysses, we've heard about sirens and you know the inherent danger. Your life is going to turn bad if you fall victim to. Basically, the sloth of just enjoying luxury for X amount of years. You it's will a Tybee be- Island, Coral. You'll become you right. This happened to me. If you become self indulgent, you also become hollowed out as a person. Mm. I think that this it's happened better to you. It so, did. I, so I, I became self indulgent. So Wes said, "I need to get
2: out of that environment. I'm moving to Los Angeles."
5: It's <laughs> exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think the second option: you're working for something every day. You, you're yeah. you're you have accomplishments and achievements. It's going to make you a better person. You will treat people better. The game Day morning host thing doesn't even sound like a positive. that sounds
3: stressful. That sounds I'd awful. be terrible at it. but it is my dream. It would be great to see your own book at a, at a bookstore and much less seven you know knockouts. So that alone I'm taking that option just because that seems awesome.
2: Uh, so in the game Day morning scenario, I'm shot to death in Panalox 9, <laughs> I'm beheaded. Yeah, so I'm and breaking it down to and that. And yeah. they
5: dance around with your head on a pole. Yeah, that
2: I, I don't care. Yeah. I'm I'm separated from my being at that point. Uh, <laughs> is it a, a single kill shot? It's a kill Ron? shot. One kill shot. All right, I'll I'll be that guy.
4: I I would too. I think it'd be awesome to get assassinated. Separate. What wow. a great way to
2: go! I'm gonna wow. There's an insane deranged Zessler fan that's taking notes taking and books. putting on red lipstick right now. Wes, your turn.
5: All right, a little.
3: What, by the way, what, Mark, the that was
2: appropriately deranged.
3: Wait, so if you have a slightly more no- like football normal one, use that one now as a counteractive one. <laughs> yeah. All right,
5: I'll use my most normal one. <laughs> this is a hype test for rookies. Your team, Jets, Browns, Patriots, your team starting quarterback, starting running back, top two receivers, and best pass rusher go down to injury. You get one of these groups of five mm. to replace them. Marcus Marietta, Amari Cooper. Philip Dorsett, Amir Abdullah, and Vic Beasley. Okay. This is your all hype five, all rookie. <laughs> These are your the the next group's gonna be all rookies too. Those guys are hyped. Or this group: Jameis Winston, mm. Kevin White, Devontae Parker, Todd Gurley, and Bud Dupree. Guys who are not getting hype and/or are injured, putting their week one status in doubt. You can have them for the entire season. The second group was a lot more highly valued right. coming out of the draft. The, the first group—that's a good one—is being hyped tremendously.
2: And this is just for one year, not just for, for this user. year.
5: I'm taking Jameis Winston as my
3: leader. Why? Why do I feel differently about him now than I did uh, during the draft season? He was the quarterback I wanted, and it all starts there. Kevin White—you know—it doesn't look great, but do I want Kevin White? Uh, do I want Devonte Parker or Dorsett? That's a big edge for Parker. I think he'll be back eventually. I want Gurley over Abdullah. I know it's only one year, but I don't care. You the know, second half of the year, frankly, matters. taking that team.
2: And frankly, I don't. I learn about a lot of these college guys once they begin their NFL careers in terms of skill. No, up, you're
4: tracking them for from high school on. Well, that's that's don't you.
2: Be you go junior high. Don't be uh, so. But I do, based on just what I know, I, I just like the look of that second team as well. Winston mm. scares me a lot uh, from a personality standpoint, but. You know, and who knows what happens if the Bears' receiver ends up uh, shin splints turn into something longer. But I'm going to roll the dice. And Gurley, to me, is the wild card because if he shows up and he's week one and he's dominant, I got a stud running back and a promising QB.
4: I am going to go with the first group because the first group solves, if you're talking, you pointed to me with the Browns, it solves every one of their problems. You have a quarterback in Mariota that they wanted to begin with and is, by all accounts, incredibly smart, picked up the NFL program pretty quickly. They don't have any wide receivers, and suddenly you have Philip Dorsett, and you have – who was the other one? Amari Cooper? Mm -hmm. Yes. Hello. And then, you know, they have Duke Johnson injured. You just plug in Adula. I like everything we've heard about him as well. So, I have no problem with group number one. I'm with you on
5: this. I am all in on Marcus Mariota. I I like everything I've heard about him. And I think out of this entire group, Amari Cooper is going to have the biggest impact out of any of them. You might not get really good Todd Gurley until November. That's a surprising um – thing that West has fallen for the preseason hype. We haven't even gotten to the preseason, and you're taking the It's not out. the interception talk at all. It's everything else, that he's incredibly accurate, that he's poised, that he has everything you want. I think the fact that he just – I, I think that you're surprised that I believe in the it factor for quarterbacks. I totally believe in the it factor, and I think Mariota has it.
2: The NFL is silly, by the way, in, in how we all track – These practices, but I feel like there's been special attention given to interceptions this season. It's crazy. It's very bizarre. Um, I'm I'm gonna defer to you, Greg. Give us another one.
3: All right. This is a simple one. You know, I, I wanted to balance balance it out. You have this year to go win a Super Bowl. You're the general manager. You don't have to worry about options for the trades. You just get to choose. It's a magical, different universe. You have to win the Super Bowl one this year. Do you take, as your quarterback, Matt Ryan, or do you take Russell Wilson? You don't know anything about your defense or what's around you. Just this year, you need to win the Super Bowl now, Matt Ryan or Russell Wilson.
4: Uh, it's There's no question to me. I'll take Russell Wilson. Really? Well, number one, you're talking about he's done it. And the Falcons, for a period of time with Matt Ryan, had some incredible talent on their team. He's always had Julio Jones. You don't think Matt Ryan could have made the Super Bowl with that Seacock That's theme? the question. I, I, listen, I guess what I'm saying is I, I don't know that. I know that Russell Wilson can. And I like Russell Wilson's work ethic. I think the guy's incredibly underrated and athletic. By the way, I forgot to say,
3: ¿Cuál es tu fantasia?
4: Ah, that's true. I, <laughs> that is my fantasy. I'll go Russell Wilson.
2: <laughs> that, that's amazing. I mean, Russell Wilson... You called him underrated, first of all. I don't think he's underrated at all.
4: Well, one thing I find is everyone now is meshing his personality. We don't like him anymore because he's starting
2: to become <laughs> I think that's, this, that's a I, very internal thing within the studio. Right. As
4: a player, I love yeah. the guy.
2: I, I do too, but I do also think the Falcons don't go to the playoffs last year even if Russell Wilson's there. So I think Matt Ryan is probably a a higher talent but right now, but I think Russell Wilson has a higher ceiling. That's a great quality Fantasia, Greg. I will he's go here. with – this year, one year, Matt Ryan at age 30 or whatever it is. Let me see what Matty does right now. I think he, he, this is the best he'll ever be, and I'm going to roll
5: with him. I'll preface this by saying I think Matt Ryan is one of the most underappreciated quarterbacks in the league. Preach! He's a top-ten top quarterback. I'm taking Russell Wilson. Ah. Again, because I believe in the it factor. He's proven that he can pull out close games. I don't know Except if Matt, Matt Ryan can you know, keep pl- pulling out close games.
3: I, I think Matt Ryan at this point is turning into the Tony Romo of his generation. If he had the right people around him, he, of course he would be winning Super Bowls with the Seahawks. He, what? I think he, he, hold why do we on, hold don't on. Don't
5: on. What has Tony Romo won? Wait, isn't Tony Romo the Tony Romo of his Our, generation?
3: <laughs> don't we rail against
5: quarterback win-loss record.
3: It, it, it's a team sport, and the quarterback matters so much. But I truly believe if You put Matt Ryan in the last three years – on the Seahawks, I think they've already won three, two or three Super I games. don't think so. I think he's superior. And, of course, I think they're going to be at least as good as they've been.
5: You can rail against quarterback wins all you want, but you judge quarterbacks by what, by what they do on third downs and late in games. And Russell Wilson is great at that. And Matt Ryan is too. I'm taking he, the well guy. Well, that's why it's a good nation. question. And, 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 and not everyone guy is going to agree with
2: you. That's the thing. We're going Russell Wilson. Oh, I, Take I, it. This is not me trolling the Seahawks or anything, but well, Russell Wilson didn't just lose the Super Bowl with an interception. Ooh. So it's not like he also like got unimpeachable.
5: to the Super Bowl with his unbreakable will in the NFC well, championship. Well game. I would also
2: say because Brandon
5: Boston couldn't catch it on Sunday. And great. because yeah, Russell- Andy threw four interceptions to put them there. Yeah. But I want the I want that late game magic. That's what I get that through the he history of quarterbacking, that's what separates the greats.
2: I, I think maybe he's not quite there yet though as a quarterback whereas i think ryan is this is who ryan is and it's a very underappreciated by the guy.
5: way if pete carroll calls a run on that play russell wilson's got that's another pick. i want a fired up quarterback and that's russell wilson
2: all right here we go uh i'll i'll step in now mm. a little excitement i know i'm excited
5: oh we gotta make a notation first
2: <laughs> do do i get any
5: music <laughs> <laughs> waiting for what music. do you got here we go. go
2: you are geno smith
5: Oh, no. Oh, no.
2: (laughs) I mean, you are Geno Smith. Right now, you cannot speak, eat solid foods, or play football for the next two months because you got punched in the jaw by a crazy person. You got jacked up. Through back channels, you learn that teammate Ryan Fitzpatrick was the mastermind behind the sucker punch. Your first thought, damn, that's some or you kidding me stuff right there. (laughs) You have two options. Go to the police with the revelation and turn your career and the Jets organization into a tabloid sensation that we haven't seen in decades. Or keep it in-house, get healthy, pummel the the Amish rifle in an act of revenge, and then hold this ugly secret over the organization that allows you to hold on to your Jets job forever and get a series of absurd contracts.
4: I mean, I've got to go number B. It sounds like you could probably work a Bobby Vanilla contract out of that at some point. I like that. I mean, that would show that Gino, number one, keep it all down, you know, come back, have the fire inside. I mean, it's a
2: serious lack of integrity, though. You're basically a human gutter ball. To choose option B, why? Because you're using this misfortune and doing something really that's even worse. Well, the
4: first though is the first though is sort of just being a, a crybaby and
2: exposing
4: everyone.
3: Yeah, that's how I look at it. I'm taking option B because uh, that's your quickest route to being a great football player, and that's that's what when you really look inside Geno Smith, that's all he ever wanted. He's gonna that's his chance to come back, be a great quarterback for the Jets, and make some money.
4: 'Cause he's he's you can check out Greg's Geno Smith making the leap piece on NFL.com.
5: <laughs> he's, slash got, he's got that will the win inside.
2: Wes is reading over my copy, trying to make sense.
5: Of it. I'm not sure what appeals about the first situation. You're basically a rat thing. That's right. That's right.
2: It's not like you're going to the police. It's just you're letting it play out the way it would ordinarily. You're putting it behind you. You're trying to get on with your career. Or you could take this misfortune and use it for devious methods. That'll I feel probably like the first out.
4: one sounds like you're outing the organization and everyone else. Well, I feel you're-
5: like the second option—you don't say anything about how, how he plays in the first option. The second option, you're guaranteed that he plays well. I mean, no, not well—that he gets paid. <laughs> he holds the starting job forever because he Well, I like immortality, so I'm taking B. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, he holds it over the organization. Yeah, like they can't bench him because he's like, "Oh, you sure you want to bench me? And oh, they, so there's
5: blackmail. Yeah, big time." There's, there's a I'm still taking B. I'd rather I'd rather keep the starting job than be a rat. All right. Mark, you're up. All right. Here we go. How much time do we have left, TD?
2: <laughs> How many more can we do? About six minutes. Okay, good. Oh, we're go good. ahead.
4: All right. So you emerge at your current age and physical build. You're you. To guide the NFL team of your choice to two straight Super Bowls. Dan Hansis, Greg Rosenthal, West, become football players, take us two-team to two straight Super Bowls. The feat in itself makes you a surefire Hall of Famer, and you are lauded until you pass away of natural causes at 85.
2: <laughs> no assassination or PM. No, it it's, a, it's a beautiful, that, beautiful life. Great, I like it.
4: Or you anonymously cure cancer, mm. but live in poverty for the rest of your life. No one will ever know what you did, and you'll have a tough life, but you did something great for humanity.
5: Isn't fair. I'm taking option B. Yeah, right. I've been in poverty you most of my life. It doesn't, money wouldn't that, that holds no appeal. I mean, the money would make my life a lot easier, but I've been in poverty well, most of my
4: life. Well, it's also that you'd I'd be a two time Super Bowl winner and wearing a gold jacket.
5: I can help, but those, I can help the entire world. But those things, as, <laughs> as we
3: get older, they don't make you happy. I mean, everyone that doesn't have money thinks money's going to make you happy, and study after study, money doesn't make you happy, gold jackets don't make you happy. If you knew that you grew, can- you know, you cured cancer, you're gonna walk around the rest of your life feeling great about yourself. I think what... maybe too much. So I'm going with that option too. And it, it, there's no right answer here because it makes us sound like like we're lying or something to go with that option. But especially because <laughs> you knew you had that option, right? you're going to feel bad about yourself. That's going to be tough to deal with. I'm, I already deal with a lot of thoughts in my head. I'm Jewish. You know what I'm saying? I already feel guilty for everything. Well, we're
5: not very religious people, <laughs> but I think what the Around the NFL podcast is saying, we believe in karma, that... Doing good deeds and being a good person will make you a happier, fulfilled person. That's Very let, special. Let's not
2: slide into podcast. the theology podcast, Wes. This is qualus to
5: fantasia. That's why I kept God out of but it. But
2: I will say, I was going to reference uh, Father Doyle over at St. Margaret's in Pearl River, New York. He would say, Danny boy, you know what you got to do here. Got to do it. And uh, so I know what I'm supposed to say, and I really know what I have to do. Because if I'm the guy that says I'm going to go to seven Pro Bowls, and have a man, mini mansion, uh, you know, somewhere on the Jersey Shore. I, I, I'm a pretty bad person, and I'll probably, I'll know this too. I'll carry this with me, right? Right. right. Yeah. I think we would, that was would be going to do that. You're yeah. going to,
5: you're going to, it's going to eat away at you until it, you become a despicable person.
2: I'll be like the Geno Smith who decides to extort the Jets. So I'm
4: with you. I couldn't live with the choice I made if I, even if I won two
2: Super Bowls. I will save everyone that has cancer, but then contribute to a massive overpopulation problem. Which will be its own calamity.
5: Kansas Malthu- goes Malthusian. <laughs> All right, little peek behind the curtain here. Okay, Greg has to go down to our sales team meeting because his quarterback index feature, which is weekly during the season, has gotten so good that they want to spin off the quarterbacks that Greg doesn't cover on a weekly basis. So you, here's option A: You're charged with writing this spin-off sponsored by Pep- Pepto-Bismol called "Feeling Nauseous?" Question <laughs> mark. You write the quarterback index, but you only cover the Bills, Jets, Browns, Texans, Chiefs, and Rams. You have to watch all of their tape every week and write up an article just on the worst quarterbacks in the league. Or, option B, you must draw up lengthy treatises along the lines of Dan's Hard Knocks recaps on all of the following. The entire first season of HBO's Ballers. The entire first season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. The entire second season of HBO's True Detective, Bridget Jones' Diary, and Bridget Jones' The Edge of Reason. <laughs> Edge of Reason. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sounds like a, a West Dream assignment. This Qualest is super easy.
4: This is super easy for me. Because I actually like True Detective Season 2 Wait, a but lot let more. let us
2: say what he needs to say, though.
4: Oh.
5: Qualest to Fantasia. Ah, thank you.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would love to write about True Detective Season 2, but the rest of those are a garbage heap. So no thank you. <laughs> I mean, even if you're watching bad quarterback play, you're watching both teams, you're learning, you're, you're getting something out of it. You can be an authority on that. And it's closely linked to what we do all the rest of the day. I'd much rather write the gigantic dumpster fire garbage rankings uh, sponsored by Pepto-Bismol. Yeah, I'm going with that as well. I do have to watch the bad quarterbacks. Anyway. Kind of give him
5: like three dot 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 this yeah, guy, you know, true. one sentence
3: on <laughs> that's it. That's true. I I but I kind of enjoy bad quarterback play. One of my favorite games ever was the Brody Croyle Kellen Clemens <gasps> clash, uh Jets Chiefs me- oh, back yeah. in uh, Ir- Herm Edwards' return uh to the Meadowlands. So I'm
2: gonna go with that. I'd rather be assassinated in Vermont after <laughs> <laughs> watch another episode of Ballers. So that's uh, uh- by the way, HBO and HBO, shout out to HBO, I love hard knocks. Uh, but you gotta get that show off the air.
3: Also, all right, last one. This one's simple, and I'll follow it up with an Indonesian version of uh, "What is your fancy?" Mm. You can either be a fan of the New York Jets for the next thirty years, or and and so if, me. You're just a fan. <laughs> you, you don't know that you used to be another fan. You love them. It's just you're you're thrown into that. Or you can be punched in the face by IK and Impale. <laughs> One or the other. Oh,
5: this is easy. I'll get. I'll take the punch for my kid. Really? Why do I want to give my life over to some team I have no interest in?
4: I'd go that too because he broke the guy's
5: jaw. I can take
4: a punch. Right. You. Let's say you get a broken jaw. Oh, you have to sit out from work for eight weeks and read a lot of books. Oh, I almost forgot. I Maybe mean, great. Apa mewa I'm going punched. Is it a punch to the That's face? It. You said you break your jaw job. in two places. Yeah, you're out for six weeks. I'm you know, I'm drinking nice smoothies, said, no, I'm no, reading books, coming. watching television. I got a
5: feeling you don't have a glass jaw like Geno Smith. It's probably oh. true. <laughs>
2: That's terrible. I'm not I was gonna defend Geno Smith, then I was like, why would I do that? I don't care. Uh no, I'm gonna be a Jets fan. Listen, I'm on this train. <laughs> you are, yeah. I'm not getting off this train. There will be no binder, Wes, for me. I will always support this awful, awful, awful experience <laughs> that I've gone through in my life. Which is hoping this team gets back to the Super Bowl and I will never give up.
3: I agree. And I, I'm I don't know if you guys notice. I'm built like a twelve year old girl. I'm not taking that punch. <laughs>
4: and who knows, the Jets might be good the next Oh, 30 you're gonna years. go from a Patriots fan to a Jets fan. They, no, no, they might not. be good
2: the next thirty years. That would be good for you, by the way. Honestly, your entire being. It would be good for you. All right, that's it for Thursday's edition of the Around the what is today? Wednesday? When is this day right? <laughs> Wednesday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Thank you again. We're on NFL now, three times a week. We're also uh, you know, the podcast, you download that. Uh, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes, all that good stuff. Tell your friends. How about that? Tell your friends. All right, uh, here we go. this is Stan is signing off for The Sizzler, the mailman, the boss, TD behind the glass, and everyone back there did a great job. We will be back with one more show on Friday. So until then, see ya.